All right. Well, good morning again. Hey, when you came in, uh, hopefully you got uh, one of these Daring Faith uh, booklets. Here's what I'll ask you to do with that. If you'll just take that and stick it somewhere that it won't be a distraction for the next part uh, of our service, I want to encourage you to do that. We'll go over this here in the in the second part of the message. That's right. Today's message has two parts, um, all in one Sunday. So you're extremely glad to be here. I know, but um, uh, it's going to be a good time. So we'll we'll make sure and do that. Uh, but save that for later. Today, I want to continue our series called Daring Faith. If you're new this morning, we are in a 10-week campaign as the church where we're focusing around this idea of daring faith, that, that God wants to grow our faith. God wants to mature our faith and mature our lives in incredible ways. And, and faith, we've talked about, is being defined like this. Faith is seeing life from God's point of view. It's looking at the challenges, the obstacles, the opportunities and saying, God, how would you have me view this? How would you have me to respond? And we've been talking about different ways to grow in our faith. And today we're going to talk about daring to wait on God. Now, I want to start with a confession this morning to you. Um, I am not a very patient waiter, right? I hate waiting for stuff. My wife's in this service. She could say amen really loud. I, I, I don't do good. I, I, I don't wait very well. How many of you guys don't like waiting? Anybody with me, right? I, I just don't I, don't, I don't like it. There are things I don't like uh, when it comes to waiting. I get impatient. Um, I sometimes can get a little, um, what's the right word? Not like Jesus. Um, uh, you know, it's, just, it's kind of where I, you know, one of my struggles, right? I do that. But here's what I want you to do because so many of you raise your hand. You don't like waiting. Let's get real honest and let's say, what don't you specifically like waiting for? So look at the person next to you and then fill in this sentence, right? Complete this thought. I hate waiting when blank, or I hate waiting on blank. All right, do that real quick. Get honest with each other. What do you hate waiting for? All right. I know, right? Some, there's some nervous laughter, some like, do I really want to be honest with the stranger I'm sitting next to, right? All that kind of stuff. Listen, for me, there are two things that I hate waiting for. I hate waiting for traffic, and I hate waiting in a line. Like, those are two things where, well, actually, there's a third one, but those are the two most important, right? I mean, those are the two things. So I hate waiting in traffic, and I hate waiting in, in, in a line, right? And so maybe yours is that. Maybe yours is that you hate waiting for uh, food that seems to take too long at a restaurant, or you hate waiting for a table. Maybe you, uh, maybe you hate waiting for your spouse because you're always late to church. I'm not going to say you should have said that today, but you know what? If you did, it's okay, right? Uh, we all hate different things, right? One of the things, though, I think in, in this era of technology we hate is we hate when technology takes too long, right? We hate it when there's slow internet or we hate it when there's a, you know, slow Wi-Fi or something like that. I shared this quote uh, some time ago uh, by Will Ferrell, the comedian, and it was his advice on who you're going to marry. And here's what he says. He says, before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are, Right? That, listen, because when we're waiting in line so often, that's when the real us comes out, right? But if you've lived life at all, you recognize this, especially in this area of the country, right? Waiting is inevitable. Like you're going to have to wait on certain things in your life. And one of the things that we have to wait on is as followers of Jesus, we have to learn to wait on God. Because if you follow God for any amount of time, you realize this, that God doesn't always do things based upon your time frame. And so often we find ourselves having to wait on God. 
that between God's promise to our life and the, the payoff, there's a, there's a season of waiting. There's a season of waiting between when we commit to something, we plant something in faith, we sow in faith and getting that harvest. And what's discouraging so often and what we misunderstand is, is that so often we see a delay or waiting is God saying no. When it's not always God saying no, sometimes and often it's God saying not yet. And so maybe this morning you're in that place in your life where you're waiting on God. You've asked God to do something. You've committed to do something for God. You've been living your life the way that you think you need to live your life. And you're waiting for God to bless that. You're waiting for results. Maybe you're waiting for healing for a, a sickness. You're waiting for a promotion at work. You're waiting for a spouse. You're waiting for your kid to quit being a demon and being like a kid again. Like you're waiting for all these different things, right? But what do we do when we wait on God? How do we learn to wait on God in a way that grows our faith and doesn't just seem like a waste of time? Look at this verse. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He, God, does, get, does everything just right and on time, but people can never completely understand what he's doing. The Bible tells us this, that God's timing is perfect, that he does everything at just the right time. So if God's timing is not our timing, we need to change how we view waiting on God because we're gonna have to wait on God. And here's what I wanna share with you this morning. And this is the big idea, that if you're gonna live with daring faith, you've gotta understand and we've gotta understand that waiting on God is not wasted time. That waiting on God is not wasted time. That if you're gonna follow after God, if you're gonna pursue him, live a life of faith, of daring faith, when you have to wait, waiting on God is not wasted time. That even the delay that comes in our life between the promise and the payoff, between the harvesting or the planting and the harvesting, all of that stuff has a purpose. And so what I wanna share with you this morning is this, because some of you, this is where you are right now, you're waiting on God. Well, I want to share just real quick six things that we need to remember when we're waiting on God. Six things that can help us not lose faith, not lose hope, not lose confidence in God, even when we're having to wait. So if you're taking notes, write these down. I want to encourage you to. The first one is this, is that if you're waiting on God, you need to remember that there's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. There's a natural delay between planting and harvesting. We talked about this last week. We talked about 12 laws of the harvest, right? 12 laws to understand this idea of planting and harvesting, sowing and reaping. And there's always a natural delay that a farmer doesn't go and plant his crops and expect the crop to be in harvest season that afternoon. That things take time to mature. They take time to grow. And there's always going to be a natural delay between planting and harvesting. Look at Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2. It says, for everything there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to plant and a time to harvest. The Bible says, listen, there are seasons in life. And oftentimes you're going you're gonna to harvest in a different season than you plant. That you're going to pray to God. You're going to seek God. You're going to commit to God. You're going you're gonna to plant in faith. You're going to give to God. You're going to do this. And it's going to take a season of time before that comes to the harvest. And so we got to realize that part of it is, and we're waiting on God, that waiting is just a natural part of the world. It's a natural part of faith, a natural part of creation. And so we need to wait, not like a two-year-old waits, but we need to wait like a mature person should wait. 
that we should wait patiently, expectantly, that we shouldn't whine and complain, but we should trust God. So if you're waiting on God, the first thing to remember is this, is that there's a natural delay between planting something and harvesting it. Second thing is this, is that there's an unseen battle going on. Is that in our life of faith, there's an unseen battle going on. The Bible tells us this, that there's a spiritual battle going on between good and evil, between God and the devil in our world. And that battle is fought in a place that we can't see. It's fought in ways that we can't fully understand. But there's a reality that we have a spiritual enemy that wants to keep us from pursuing the things of God and experiencing the promises of God. And that enemy wants to create for us discouragement, depression, doubt. He wants to lead us to be disobedient because if number one, he can keep us from putting our faith and trust in God, then he's won our life. But if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, if we become his follower, then the enemy wants to keep us from experiencing his fullness. And that oftentimes there's a spiritual battle going on that we don't understand that can create a delay between what we're asking God for and how God's going to answer that. Look at a couple of verses. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, for we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Listen, the Bible doesn't go into great, great detail about how this works. But it says there's a spiritual battle going on. And there's a spiritual battle going on in your life. And there's a spiritual battle going on for, you, for your life. And that when we pray, when we seek, when we plant, when we commit, when we obey, that there's an enemy that wants to keep us from experiencing the things that God would have for us. There's a, a passage in the, the, the book of Daniel that gives us some insight into what that might look like at times. Look, look at this with me on your note sheet, Daniel chapter 10, verse 11 through 14. So Daniel has prayed for God to answer a prayer, that he wants wisdom, he wants understanding, he wants insight into what God has for him and what God has for him to do, but he's waiting on God. And, and the answer to that prayer is not coming quickly. And so here's what happens. It says, and the man said to me, Daniel, you're very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you begin to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. <clears throat> now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future. For this vision concerns a time yet to come. So Daniel says, God, I, give me insight. Give me wisdom. Let me, let me know what's going on. And, and he's waiting and waiting and waiting for that prayer to be answered. And an angel comes to him and the angel says to him, hey, Daniel, listen, we heard your prayer three weeks ago. But there was a spiritual battle going on. I was bringing you the vision. I was coming to answer your prayer, but I found opposition. And in that spiritual battle, God sent a greater angel, this archangel Michael, to come. And I tagged him into the fight so I could come over here. He's taking the battle right now. Now, you may look at that and you may go, I never knew that was in the Bible. And you may kind of say, okay, I heard people talk about spiritual warfare, but I thought they were like joking. Just because we don't fully understand something doesn't mean it's not true. 
But the Bible says that there are spiritual battles that are going on. And sometimes the reason why there's a delay between what we are asking God to do and God's response could be that there's a battle going on. A battle for us. A battle for our obedience, for our faith. And we've got to trust that sometimes that's going to cause a delay. Here's the third thing. Is that sometimes there's a delay because God is preparing us for the blessing. That God is preparing me for the blessing. I've talked about, talked about this before. That a blessing given at the wrong time can actually be dangerous. That a blessing given at the wrong time can actually be disruptive. So I have a two-year-old daughter named Layla. Layla loves to drive, right? So every time we pull into the, the driveway, pull into the garage, Layla wants to get out of her seat, crawl around the console, and then now that's her time to drive. And so she says, Daddy, shut the door. I'm good. And so I shut the door, and so she drives. Now, she would love nothing more for me to say, okay, let's go drive. Like, here's the car, here's the deal, go have fun. Because she kind of gets tired of this fake driving. But how great of a dad would I be, really, if I let my toddler drive a car? That would be a great blessing to her. She would love it, but it would not be good for anybody else. And eventually not be good for her either. And so sometimes God does not give us the blessing that we are asking for because we're not ready for the blessing. And if we're not ready for the blessing, that blessing could actually become a curse. Think about this. Maybe you're praying that God would give you some more money. Maybe you're praying that God would help you get out of financial, the financial problem that you're in. Maybe, you know, you, you're praying that God would, would give you a raise at work and that kind of stuff. And you don't know why God's not giving you more money, why God's not doing that. Well, it could be this, that if God gave you more money, you would just make the same wrong decisions you made with the money that you had. And that instead of, instead of just the, the, the money being, you know, the blessing, it would actually create more of a, a damage to your life. Maybe you're praying that God would give you a promotion at work. And you're saying, God, I don't understand why everybody's being promoted, but I'm not. Well, it may be because you're not ready for that increased responsibility. Maybe God is doing something in you that he's doing to prepare you for what he has in your future. Or maybe this. Maybe God is, maybe you're praying that God would give you a spouse. Or maybe just that God would give you a date. Right? Well, if that's the case, if that's the reality, well then maybe you're not ready yet for what God wants to do. Maybe God still has something for you that he wants to do in you before he gives you that other person to do life with. See, we've got to trust that God's timing is perfect. Look at a couple of verses. First Peter 1, 6 and 7 says this, there's a wonderful joy ahead, even though it's necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. These troubles test your faith to show that it, it's strong and pure, just as fire tests and purifies gold and your faith is and your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. He says, listen, sometimes the reason why there's trouble, the reason why there's hardship, the reason why there's struggle is because God is preparing you for something more. And God doesn't take you out of that situation. He doesn't take you out of that place you're in because God has work to do in your life. In Romans 8, 24 through 28, we're not going to have time to read the whole thing, but, but Paul equates and, and, and kind of compares this idea of waiting on God as, as a woman who is pregnant is waiting on the baby to be born. It says that she's waiting with expectation. That's why they say that you're expecting a baby. They don't say you're surprised by a baby, right? 
you're expecting a baby. And as you are pregnant, you grow as you're expecting that delivery to come, that blessing to become, to come there, right? And you're doing that. And so you have this reality that he says, just as a pregnant woman is, is growing with expectation and physically growing as the promise of God is, is the blessing of God as the child is growing inside of her. The same way is that when we're waiting on God, God is growing us. He's increasing our faith. He's enlarging our expectation. He's preparing us for what's to come. So when we're waiting on God, one of the things we need to remember is this, is that God might be preparing you for what's to come. He might be preparing you for what to come. Number four, check this out, is I'm in good company when waiting on God. That I'm in good company when waiting on God. Listen, for all of those who said, I don't like waiting in line, I don't like waiting in traffic, I got a question for you. Does your feeling about waiting change depending on whether or not everybody else is moving at the same speed you are? Here's what I mean by that. Like if I'm stuck in traffic, And the car next to me here and the car next to me there are staying with me. We're all moving the same slow speed. I'm okay with that. I don't like it, but everybody's the same. But what happens when this this lane starts going? What do you do? You're like trying to get over your car. I got to get in this lane, you know, because why? Because they're moving. I'm not moving. What about going to the grocery store, right? You're going to the grocery store and you you do your work as a a good shopper would do. You, you, You scan out all the lanes. You check out who's the cashiers at each lane and you're kind of like, no, that lady's really slow, you know? Or that kid's new, there's no way I'm going there, right? Or you kind of look and you say, that person's got way too many coupons, I'm not going there. So you try to find the right lane and then you get in the right lane, but all of a sudden the lane you were thinking about, it starts moving faster, right? You get more frustrated, why? Because you're not moving as fast as they are. When we feel like we're the only ones who are waiting, it makes it harder to wait, doesn't it? But there, there's, there's comfort in realizing that you're not the only one who's waiting on God. That whatever you're waiting for God to do in your life, whatever you're praying for, whatever you're hoping for, I guarantee you, you're not alone. There are people in this room who are praying for and waiting for the same thing. And so we need to remember that we're in good company, not just with the people here, but we are in good company for the millions of followers of Jesus that have come before us. They've all found themselves waiting on God. Look at a couple examples. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one and two is the, 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 the hall of faith, the hall of fame for, for God. All these people that the Bible says, look at their faith as examples of how we should live. And it says this about them, that the fundamental fact of existence is that, his, that this trust in God, this faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors to set them above the crowd. And then he goes on to talk about all these different people. And in each one of their stories, there was a season of time where they had to wait. It talks about a guy named Joseph. Joseph was a guy who um, had a Technicolor dream coat, if you didn't know that, right? Some of you guys don't get that joke, but anyway. He, He was favored by his father. And he had a vision from God that one day he was going to rule over the nation. He was going to be a a great ruler. Well, between the vision and the the time that he actually became a ruler, he had to wait. And as he waited, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was falsely accused of, of attempted rape. 
He was thrown into prison for 14 years, all faithful to God, but having to wait for God to do what God was going to do on God's time. Another example, and this is one that we often look to as somebody who had great faith, is Noah. You know, Noah built the ark. Well, it says this in the Bible that Noah had to wait 120 years before it rained. So the Bible says this too, that it had never rained before. Like God said, build a boat because it's going to rain. Noah said, what's rain? He said, water's going to fall from the sky. He's like, when's that going to happen? He said, it'll happen when it happens. So for 120 years, Noah has to continue building this boat, waiting on rain. People coming to him saying, why are you building a boat in the middle of the desert? Why are you building a boat here? Because it's going to rain. What's rain? It's water from the sky. I've never seen that. When's it going to rain? I don't know. God said it would. Like he had to wait. And it was only when he waited 120 years that the, the promise of God actually came about. Now, do you think at any point during that time, Noah got a little impatient and frustrated? Yeah, probably so. But he had to wait. And so we need to understand this, that God is preparing us, but also that we're in good company when we have to wait. Here's the fifth thing. That if we're going to wait, we need to learn this and remember this, that we can make the most of the wait. We can make the most of the wait. So a couple things. Number one is this, is when you go to a doctor's office or you go to the dentist's office or you go to, you know, a place where you're going to have to wait, what do they have in the waiting room? They have magazines. They have TVs now. Well, why do they have magazines and TVs in the waiting room? Because they want to give you something to do while you wait. Because when you wait, if you have something to do, you don't feel like the wait is as long as it really is, right? Well, the same thing with God is if you feel like the wait is a waste of time, then that wait is going to feel forever. But there are things that you can do. There are things that I can do while we're waiting on God to make the most of that wait. And then there's four things. Write these down real quick. The first one is this, is that we need to write down the lessons we're learning. When you're waiting for God, write down the lessons that you're learning. God is teaching you some things. And one of the most hurtful things and one of the harmful things to our faith is forgetting how God showed up in faith earlier in our life. Well, how do we remember? We write down. We keep a journal. We keep a record. We, keep, we, we, we write down. Here's what God is teaching me as I'm waiting. So the next time I'm waiting, I can understand that. Second thing is this, is that we need to act as though we already have it. We're going to go ahead and act like God is going to answer the prayer we're waiting on. You know, going back to the example of the, the pregnant couple, right? Uh, uh, new parents, expecting parents, don't wait for the baby to be born before they start preparing the nursery, right? They don't wait for the child to be born before they go and buy diapers, before they go buy you know, supplies, before they go buy you know, stuff like that. They, they get it ready. Why? Because they're expecting the baby. They're expecting it to happen. Well, what would your life look like if you began to live now like you'll live when God answers your prayer? For example, think about this. Maybe you're praying for a job. Well, what do you do when you have a job? Well, you, you get up early. You get ready. You shower. You have goals for the day. You have a plan for the day. You don't just kind of sit back at home and just say, God, if you are into it, give me a job one day, Right? That you need to live and do the things that you're going to do when God gives you the thing you're asking for. What do you do if you're praying that God would give you some more money? 
Will you go ahead and you take the money that you have and you begin to, to live it and, and spend it the way that God would want you to do it when you have more money? You know, for some, it's like, well, I'll give when God gives me more money. No, you won't. Because if you're not willing to give with the money you have, you're not going to give when God gives you more money. It's just the way it is. So we've got to learn to act like we already have it. Third thing is this. We need to imitate the habits that grow strong faith. So look around at people you know who have strong faith. Look at what they did while they're waiting and do those things. That we need to not put our life on hold because we're waiting for God. We got to keep praying, keep serving, keep giving, keep trusting, keep believing. We got to keep doing what we're doing. The last one is this, is that we need to trust God over panicking. When you're waiting on God, listen, don't, don't panic. Panic never does any good for anybody. It doesn't. It never does any good for anybody. We need to learn to trust God while we're waiting. And here's the last thing we need to learn how to do. Is if we're waiting on God, we need to remember that God always keeps his promises. God always keeps his promises. Listen, there are people in your life that are going to promise you things and they're going to let you down. They're going to promise you they're going to do this. They're going to promise you they're going to be there for you. They're going to promise you that they'll, they'll, they'll never leave you wanting. They're going to promise you they're going to do all this kind of stuff. But the reality is this, is because we're imperfect people, we are not going to keep all the promises we make. But God will keep every promise that he makes. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible, and they can all be counted on. Look at Habakkuk 2.3. God says this, at the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep waiting. It will happen. God says, listen, that a delay does not mean a denial. That not yet is different than no. But as you're waiting on God, will you learn to trust that he'll keep his promises? See, the reality is this, is that I think we all, if you've been following God for any amount of time, we all have a story of how we've waited on God. We probably have several stories. You know, God told us to do something. God gave us a dream. He gave us a vision. He gave us an idea. He gave us a calling in our life. And we began to pursue that and do that. But there was a, a, a time, there was a delay in between when we started pursuing that and God actually allowed it to become a reality in our life. And during that season, we had to learn how to wait on God. You know, I was talking to my wife last night about our story of wait and one of our stories of wait. And it really, our most recent story, it comes down to our adoption. So we uh, have two biological daughters. We have a 14-year-old and 11-year-old. And uh, we have a two-year-old little girl named Layla that, um, that we adopted from Richmond a couple years ago. As we were talking about it last night, God, from the time that he first put adoption on our heart, that that was something that he wanted us to pursue. So when we brought Layla home, was five years almost to the day. Five years. And now during that time, we, we had to trust we had to wait. We got impatient. We began to doubt. But God was faithful to do in and through us what he said he was going to do based on his timing, not ours. 
You know, I've had some people ask me, Zach, why do you think it took five years? You know, why did God call you to adopt? And then not until five years later did you actually bring Layla home? And what we've come to understand is this, is that the reason why it took five years was because Layla wasn't ready yet. See, because we believe that God didn't call us to adopt a child. God called us to be the mommy and daddy to Layla. And it wasn't until she was ready that the payoff came from God's promise. See, God doesn't waste anything. And even when he calls us to waste, to wait, it's not wasted time. So what are you waiting on today? I want to share with you a story, a video uh, of a couple in our church, the Landas, Amy and, and Steve, and, and their story of daring faith, of how God is, has led them through a season of having to wait on him. And I pray that through their story, you'll be encouraged today. So y'all watch this video. My name is Amy Lando and I have two boys, Wyatt and Eli, and I'm married to Steve. I've been a Christian my whole life and I can't really remember a time that I didn't believe in God, but there were definitely phases in my life that I didn't really think about my faith at all. Well, in the past nine months, God has provided me with a faith that I can't even fathom. I have learned that sometimes when all you have is God, that is all that you need. And to me, this is what daring faith means. Last December, Steve got gravely ill very fast. A tumor the size of a basketball had grown in Steve's chest and fully collapsed his lung. It was pushing on his trachea and his heart, and the doctors didn't know what it was. They couldn't do any investigating because Steve's platelets had dropped to zero, so his blood was unable to clot. My frustration grew as time passed, and we had no answers. I became very impatient and was afraid for Steve's life. It just didn't seem like anyone was listening to me or making a plan to save him. It became apparent that doctors didn't really know what was going on inside him. So at this point, I decided I had to completely rely on God to guide the doctor's decisions and mine. Shortly after I made this decision, Steve's vital signs began to drop. He was really struggling to live. I told Steve that while I was on my knees in the hospital praying for him, that he needed to say, God, speak to my wife. I sat there on my knees and begged God and cried out to him for an answer of whether or not to stay at Mary Washington or to transfer him out. Steve was also praying and doing his part at that time. Moments after we finished praying, the thoracic surgeon walked through the door and he recommended that we transfer Steve out. At that moment, I knew that I was not alone and that God was going to guide my every step as long as I fully relied and believed in everything I asked him to do. During my life, I've heard people say that verses from the Bible can just jump out at you or have this meaning that you really can't understand but that had never really happened to me I hadn't experienced that the first night in the ICU the Holy Spirit really wanted me to know something this was the verse that jumped out at me that shocked me it's James 1 6 through 8 and it's 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable. When I read that, it crushed me. I knew that I had to believe in every everything I asked him for because I had no other option. From that one piece of scripture, I found daring faith. I had to believe my God and not doubt anything that I asked him to do. I now had the faith that could fight for my husband's life with prayer and thanksgiving. After a very complicated surgery, I can even remember what I did when the doctors came to tell me that Steve was in critical condition. My new faith in God drove me to get up and walk away from my family. I started praying. But the amazing thing was, is I didn't once say to God, don't take my husband or my boys, they need a daddy. I just walked around the 10th floor of the hospital with my arms raised, thanking God for Steve's complete healing. I'm sure people thought I was crazy. I thought I had faith before in my life, but this past year, God has built something new that is bigger than I can even comprehend. I have only told the beginning of this journey. Steve has undergone surgery after surgery. He has even come close to death, but he has also experienced miracle after miracle. Steve's journey is not over and we still need answers, but we are praying and believing for God to fully heal Steve. Gosh, when I look back on all of this, the one thing I want to share is that I did not feel that I was a perfect Christian. I didn't read my Bible daily. I made mistakes. And I sinned just like we all have. Yet God was still there for me because of my faith. Faith that I didn't even know that I had. A daring faith. You know, daring faith it oftentimes requires us to wait on God. And, you know, Amy and, and Steve's story is not over. They're still facing some uncertain times with Steve's health. And so they're still living that out every single day, waiting on God and waiting on God. But what I love about their story is it's, it's a story about daring to wait. It's a story that, that reminds us that when we wait on God, it's not wasted time. Because God has done something in their life and their faith that, that is incredible. And that, as she said, you know, her faith is different. Steve's faith is different today because of the struggle. When we wait on God, it's not wasted time. It's to build our faith. It's to remember that God has a plan. God has a purpose that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're waiting for, if you're trusting in God, his timing is perfect. And if you'll believe in him, if you'll trust in him, the time he's not wasted. The waiting room of God is not a place of, of pointlessness. It's a place of power. It's a place of growth. And it's a, a place where God grows our faith, 
maybe unlike any other place, any other time he's done in our life. So here's my question today is, what are you waiting on God to do? What are you waiting for? And here's the question, the takeaway for today. Am I trusting God while I wait on him? Because you're either waiting on God or you're gonna wait on God. It's part of life, it's part of faith. But are you trusting God while you wait on him? Are you believing that he has a plan and a purpose for the wait? Are you expecting the time when God's gonna respond? He's gonna answer it. Or are you making, and are you making the most of that time? God doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste our waiting. Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you today. God, so grateful for you being a perfect heavenly father to us, the creator of all things, who God works all things for the good of those who love you, God. And and part of what you work out so many times is you work out, God, the wait. And God, I know that there are some in this room today Maybe many who, God, they're in the waiting room. They're waiting for you to answer a prayer, to respond to a need, to give clarity, give direction. And God, I pray that as they wait, God, they'll remember that this is not wasted time. God, would you encourage them today? Would you remind them of your promise today? God, as we sing this song that declares that your promises to us are always yes. They're always amen, that we can trust in them regardless of what we're going through, regardless of what we see. Would you encourage us today as we sing this in faith and believe it to be true? In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand and sing with us?